Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to the Pure Joy Project. My name is Paul Lanigan. My name is Daniel Reed. And I'm Bennett Diffley. Let's go! And Bennett on, is back, baby. baby. Let's go! And it has it has been a minute since the three hooligans, St. Louis FCA's least favorite trio, Dude. just kidding, um, have been able to hit the mics together uh, to open up the word of God out of submitted heart together. It's been a little bit, dude, but here we are. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, so you clicked on this episode, uh, Battle Ready. I think it's episode nine, I want to say, eight, nine, something like that, uh, where like we that. are diving into the book of Ephesians. Uh, we are praying over and through it and allowing the Holy Spirit to do some cool things in it because we love the Word of God um, by the Spirit in us. And so um, you're here to hear about it. And so before we hop into that, we're going to talk about how we've been the last couple of weeks, how how life is going, second semester of college or second the spring of 21. That'd be second <laughs> semester of this year. I don't know. I'm speaking gibberish. Dude, yeah, what year even yeah, is it? Yeah, bro, I don't uh, know. It's semester eight for me, dog. I'm about out of here, which is kind of crazy. Come on. Um, so, Daniel, dude, how you doing? How you been? What's up? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing pretty well, actually, and it, it's nice to be able to say that honestly. Um yeah, so I'm in semester. As you said, eight, right? It is semester eight. Yeah, it's my semester fourth year, eight, second bro. semester. It's crazy. Four times two is eight. Uh, they taught me that here at Missouri State. Something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope. I hope it is. I, that was an, that was an expensive math lesson. Fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, I'm wrapping up my major in religious studies. I'm searching and praying for a, an opportunity to do college ministry next year. I got some interviews lined up. Um, so I'm hopeful. Um, and I'm excited. I'm really excited to just take the next step, whatever that is. Um, hmm. yeah, I feel like the Lord's just opening up my eyes to the future. Um, and just, and just calling me to be mobile, not one who's just going to sit back, but one who's going to engage in what the Lord is doing here and now. Um, I, this, this is wild. Just to throw in a quote, just to start the night off with a bang. Um, hmm. a good buddy. Uh, named Rob, who works for my church, uh, one of our one of our leaders for the salt company here. Um, he goes, the question is not if you are called to be a part of the Great Commission, Matthew 28, for those of you who need to read it still. The question is not whether you're called to be a part of the Great Commission. The question is, what is your part in the Great Commission? And I was just like, gosh, that's good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've started discipling a freshman here at school, which has just been a blast. Um, I love them to death. Uh, I've got a great community. Um, got a solid girl who likes to call me out of my sin and push me to love Jesus more. I mean, what else, what else could you want? I mean, let's be honest. Um, yeah, I'm thankful. I'm blessed. I, I hope you can hear my voice. Like I'm just, I'm just pumped, uh, with life, with the Lord. Um, that's enough about me, though. Uh, I want to hear from Bennett. I've missed you so much, man. It's been a minute, baby. Dude, I've missed you guys so much, too. Come on. Yeah. Um, well, I I don't even know how long it's been. It's been too at, least two, at least two months. But, yeah, too, way too long. Um, I had a busy season, guys. Uh, I was um, absolutely just floored and humbled and feeling loved the the first episode that I 
um, that I missed that Paul and Dan were just hyping me up. I don't deserve that praise, but um, I love these guys, and I, I've missed being with these guys a lot. Um, in that time, um, I've been busy, busy. Um, I'd love to say that through that busy season that I've I've stuck with with God and he's been my rock through all of it. I can't say that's true. Um, but I have been grateful for conviction, um, for, for, for noticing my, um, idling and my stalling in my faith and, um, me, me putting my, um, my habits and routines and, and practices, um, those daily things that I, that I know that I should be doing and should be getting done. Um, those things ending up on the back burner. Um, uh, and I'm grateful for those convictions and I'm grateful for the Lord calling me and, 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 um, drawing me to him. Um, and so that was, that was something that, that I've been super grateful for in the last couple months or so, because, um, like I said, I, I, I got idle in my faith. I got content. Um, and so, yeah, I've been, been, um, convicted, but like I said, super, super grateful. Um, since, since then, I started a challenge called 75 hard. Um, I'm on oh, yeah. day 55 today. So um, I've been using 75 hard as, as kind of a reset. Um, I, I started it before the, uh, the first of the year because, I don't know, New Year's resolutions to me, they, they, they I always, I never finish them. I always fall off. They, they just seem very um, surface level. And, and when I found 75 hard, um, two years ago, I knew I had always wanted to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I finally got around to doing it with my buddy. Um, it's been hard. It's been whooping me. Um, but I've been super grateful in that. Uh, it's been, a, uh, a lot on the mental, um, toughness and mental strength. And, um, honestly realizing that like without God, I wouldn't be able to, to do all the things, um, required of the challenger. I wouldn't be able to make it through, um, the day, um, checking all the boxes. Um, I, I'd be, uh, I definitely wouldn't be 55 days in. So, um, yeah, just like I said, super grateful. Um, just kind of hitting that reset physically. I needed it bad. Um, mentally I needed it bad spiritually. I needed it bad. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to see fruits and, and all of those aspects, uh, small fruits, but fruits nonetheless. So, uh, just gonna keep, keep trucking with the big man on my side. So, um, or I guess, I guess kind of being dragged by my foot by the big man. Cause I'm not really doing it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so grateful, blessed. Um, you know, I'm a big family guy. Family's great. Um, mom and pop are doing well. Uh, praise. I got, I got great community, great friends. So, um, like I said, blessed, um, no, not content with where I'm at, but I'm grateful for the convictions. So hmm. Paulie, what do you got brother? Dude, it's been a, um, a season of weakness, a season of a lot of cool triumphs and also just a lot of, um, answered prayers for discomfort and for growth. Uh, I, I've had a lot of, Progress and breakthrough come on the track, uh, which you guys hear about every single time I talk about things because it's a large part of my life. Uh, I am very, very, very just reverent and thankful for the things he's delivered through that and uh, some humility that 
that's come along recently involving it as well and a lot of COVID scaries going on in our athletics department and in our team and it's just just showing me where my like who's actually my God you know where does my contentment rest where does my identity rest uh, he continues to give good gifts that I don't deserve and I continue to ask for humility in those and I it is it is hard to put into words what the Lord's doing in this season uh, be challenged in my in in how I lead I'm being challenged in how I think in how I pursue others in how I love and how I think about myself and uh, I've been praying for discomfort and the Lord has brought it and I uh, feel um, I think weakness is a huge advantage and uh, tiredness and submission because I can't do it myself uh, has been something that's just created a lot of really cool fruit and I'm just blown away blown away by the Lord continue how, how he continues to do ministry through me uh, on this campus and in my life and uh, over the phone with people and it is he is a God that you can't put in a box and he's a God that that works in ways that I just can't even put into words I'm thankful I don't have to understand it all, but the spirit in me does the work because it's just wild. And I, uh, everything I have is completely in grace. I have no adequacy, no authority, no certification that doesn't come by the cross. And he continues to redeem me, to redeem that and to build a testimony in my life that relates to others and he uses it for ministry and it is uh I hope he continues to write a really cool story in my life because it's just a lot of ups and downs tested faithfulness and thing gifts I don't deserve and uh cool stories is my life and I uh I'm reverent man I'm just joyous and <laughs> seeing that uh, the fruit of the Spirit is is all those things, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and it's not absent any of them. They're all there at once. It is all of the fruit. Uh, so to see all of those grow in the different ways the Spirit continues to refine those in me, um, I am just blown away. So um, that's enough about us. I know that Ethan Hannaford and Corbin Farmer always joke about how they skip the first 10 minutes of every episode because it's, <laughs> it's just us talking about the same thing over and over again. Um, but if you're skipping, stop here because we're about to get into some scripture. Uh, and oh. and uh, Bennett Diffley is going to pray over it. Amen. Um, oh, Lord, oh, thank you for tonight. Um Thank you for a beautiful Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Um, Lord, thank you for a community. Thank you for Dan and Paul. Um, thank you for anybody who may be listening to this or anybody who may not be. Um, mm. Lord, I just ask that you, um, you you fill the room, you fill the space, um, you, you fill our voices and our, and our minds and our bodies with you, Lord, um, and your word and your truth. I'm just so thankful um, for your grace. Uh, I'm so thankful for everything that you've done and everything that you will continue to do um, to advance your kingdom, Lord, to draw us closer to you um, and to draw the people that we care about and and the people that we haven't haven't met yet. Um, all of those people, I'm so thankful that um, 
you will continue to work in their lives and continue to draw them closer to you um, for the sake of your kingdom, Lord. Hmm. Tonight, as we work through Ephesians 4, um, I just ask that um, you set our hearts, you set our minds, and you set our eyes on you. Um, as we dig into your scripture, um, Lord, bring out the truth, um, bring out uh, your word, um, bring out um, your grace through these words, Lord, um, through your words. Um, Lord, I, I'm just so, so, so thankful um, that that I can be a part and we can be a part of um, sharing that truth with others um, tonight and other nights, Lord. Um, Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you in your son's name, I pray. Amen. Mm. Amen. So we left off in Ephesians uh, at the end of chapter 3. Uh, talking about him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think. Uh, according to the power at work within us, the spirit he's given us, the advocate, um, the the seal of approval, um, the, the leader, the teacher, the guide, um, a God that just continues to do incredible work through the spiritual strength that we're gifted with. Um, so we're going to be reading, I'm going to be reading Ephesians 4, 1 through 7, and we're going to dive into it. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, as Jesus um, gives his disciples revelation uh, when he left after his after his return and his rise, um, he gave them revelation of the scripture and understanding of the scripture. Uh, so we pray that this happens tonight for us and for you guys. Um, so starting in verse one, going through seven of Ephesians four, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Daniel, do you want to start by tearing apart verse one for us? Oh, I would love to. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get after it. Um, So, bro tip. Um, When it starts with therefore, anytime you see therefore um, in Scripture, it's calling to mind everything that you've just read. And so it's think of it as this way. When you see therefore, think of because of all that, now this. That's what it's getting at. And so what Paul's doing here, he's saying, therefore, chapters one through three, we are being called to now live this certain way. And he continues saying, therefore, I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And so here's the thing. When we really understand how much God has done for us, if we are really regenerated in the spirit, we naturally want to serve and obey the Lord out of gratitude that comes like A and B equals C here. Right. And the thing is, like, we don't we don't obey out of hoping we can become worthy. Right. This the word worthy here to as living up to earn something, right? We don't walk in worthiness to live up to something. We walk in worthiness out of gratitude 
for what has been done for us. We walk in worthiness out of freedom from our old bondage, from our old sin, from our old selves. And so that's what we're getting at here. Um, yeah, uh, Martin, I quote from Martin Luther, and this is this is bonkers. All right, I, I love when Paul says that. This is just bonkers right here. So Martin Luther, right? He's counseling men and women, people, um, old in old times, saying like men just referred to men and women. Um, so he's t- he's counseling people, right, in in regards to the temptations of Satan, right? Just the temptations we feel, um, be it sexual pride, um, like lying, whatever the temptation that you're feeling. He's telling people to respond in this way. He says, Christianus sum, which means I am a Christian. That's the response he's telling us to give to Satan with this temptation. He's saying the response is I'm a Christian. And that's, and that's the response. That's, that's it. As a Christian, we are called to live worthy of the calling to which we've been called. The calling is to live for Christ. The calling is death. The calling is to bear our cross. The calling is to be completely transformed. Verse one. That's what I got. I love that. Um, I have it broken into kind of like two things. I love how we, so we don't collaborate on our notes at all. We don't share them before. Uh, We pray over them and for each other in our um, in our preparation for the episode and then see what the Spirit's going to do. And so I have it. Um, so Paul is a prisoner in the name of the Lord. Uh, so it's by his boldness for Jesus that he is in prison. Um, by his willingness, as he says earlier in the chapter, for their sake to share that good news, to live that good news. So um, I want to check our willingness. I want to check our willingness to suffer, our willingness to ask the hard question, to say the hard thing. Um, to be, to, to take that next step, um, because you understand that, that your approval and your identity comes from Jesus, not from what other people think necessarily in that moment of you. Um, I've been, it's been on my heart recently. Do I care more about that person at 25 or do I care more about that person right now in my life? Do I care more about who they are and their fulfillment and their relationship with the Lord in the future? Or do I care about what they think of me? That's my pride getting in the way. Um, so I want to check our willingness. Um, but then as it says, walk in a manner worthy, uh, Jesus says in Luke 22, uh, like towards the end, it's 29 through 30. He says that we have been assigned a kingdom, uh, and that we can dine with him in his table. So in glory with Jesus. So are we living like that is true, that Christ is assigning us a kingdom so that we can dine with him in glory? Like to, to step into the challenge that Jesus has put forth to walk in a manner worthy um, because he is worthy of such, right? And the coolest part is you don't really have to, you don't really have to get it, one would say. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have this perfect five-year linear plan to how to do ministry, right? You just have to bow to the Spirit every single day. Pray for it to lead, to guide your steps, to renew your heart, to lead you into doing ministry in his name. And then follow that conviction. And that is the sweetest freedom and release for me. Knowing I don't have to know everything. I just have to submit. Takes the pressure off the whole thing. That's all I have for verse one. Yeah, I love that, Paul. Um, Just one thing. 
um, just because you guys obviously um, hit the nail on the head in verse one. Um, one thing that I that, that that catches my eye that seems um, that I always uh, jump over or I had been skimming right over in the past um, is the fact that Paul. We know Paul, uh, and if if you've read earlier in the Ephesians or followed earlier in, in Ephesians, he's writing uh, from prison. He, he's um, been in prison for his faith, and um, but still, he's writing these letters from from prison, um, in chains, um, locked up, locked away. I'm sure he's not being treated well, and he's begging. In in verse one, my uh, my version says, I. Uh, therefore, I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, um, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, um, going into verse 2. But I just think it's so, so, um, I don't even know the word. There's weight there. Um, he, he's begging us. He's he's literally begging us um, to to walk um, in in the footsteps of God and to be to, to lead a life worthy to that calling. Um, and, and what a, what a picture that paints in, in my mind, um, of, of how good of a disciple Paul was, if he's in prison, writing these letters, begging others to follow Christ, um, the way that, the way that they should. Um, because I, I know if I was, if I was thrown in prison for my beliefs, like you were saying, Paul, like what, what's my willingness? Hmm. Um, like wh- what would I, what would I do? Um, cause I don't know if I'd be. Um, as composed as as the disciple Paul, um, but I, I just love uh, the word um, "beg" in that first verse. It's really sticking out to me, uh, especially right now. Hmm. Will you go ahead and go into verse two? You start us off. Yeah. So my version reads in verse two: "Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love." Hmm. That's so tough. I I cross reference that with Galatians six two. Um, which says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, bearing one another's burdens, that idea. Um, as, as I said about verse 1, we don't have to have it all together, but we are given some guidelines, right? With, with all humility, gentleness, patience. Uh, we're told to be humble. We're told to be gentle. We're told to be patient. Um, those are fruits of the Spirit. They are part of the fruit of the Spirit um, that you get all of whenever you allow the spirit in, whether those, all of them are growing at once, whether all of them are being shown at once, you have all of those. And so we're basically being told to bow to the spirit again. And alongside this, we're being told to bear one another's burdens, to fulfill the law of Christ. That takes so many forms in what it means to bear one another's burdens. That is, that is financially, that is spiritually, that is, that is chronologically, that is time. Like, you're, you are bearing the burden of giving somebody else your time. Um, there are so many ways that it takes form. And so we, we ask the Spirit to, to make us gentle, to make us patient, uh, to make us humble, to strip us from the anti-God mindset that is pride, and for us to step into bearing one another's burdens um, as we fulfill the law in that, as it says in Galatians 6.2. Yeah, I love that. Um, Danny, I kind of want to hear your uh, thoughts on verse 2. Yeah, man. Um, Verse 2 is really just an answer 
to the question that arises from reading verse 1. So we're called to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. But like, what, what does that look like? Like, how do I, how do I do that? Like what, what makes one like walk in this manner of, of worthiness? And, and Paul answers that question right away. He says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. That That's how you do it. That's, that's it. That's right there. Um, and so I cross-referenced this with Philippians 2, 1 through 10. Uh, it's a bigger chunk, but I'm going to read it because the word of God is important. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord in one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Hmm. Let each of you look only to his own, not look only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And another big takeaway from this, right, other than um, humility, gentleness, patience, um, and bearing with one another in love, um, when you, when you break it down in the context of, you know, the Greco-Roman world and, you know, turn of the century here, uh, this is the opposite of the character that was praised at the time, right? When you, when you look back, um, what was praised in Roman society there, like this big, prideful, boastful personality, right? When you look at like gladiators, that's, that's what, that's what comes to my mind. And I would argue that even today, that character of being prideful, boastful, you know, like going out into the world to gain everything, gets gain, 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 take, consume. That's what's praised. And that's what we're called to um, in worldly standards. Uh, but the opposite is what Paul is calling the church in Ephesus to. And I would say what he's calling us to today, you know, as modern Christians. Uh, this this letter to the church in Ephesus wasn't written specifically to us, right? This, this We're reading a letter from Paul to the church of Ephesus. But there's principles we can take from this that it still applies to us. And so, yeah, we're being called to have this gentle, this humble, this patient, this loving character as a follower of Christ. So hmm. that's what I got. Verse 2, Benny, add Fire. something on, man. Yeah, um, verse 2 draws me to 1 Corinthians, uh, verse 13. Uh, so now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Um, and verse 2 kind of is, uh, in my mind, super, super similar to that uh, because um, it ends, verse 2, with making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. So um, yeah. I, I just kind of think of it as as the like a big old tree uh, and – the, like at the base of the tree is love and the branches then um, is where the, the fruits of the spirit come out, where those um, where that patience, um, that, that 
that humility, that gentleness, all of those things come from. Um, so mm. I, I really like First Corinthians 13 there. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's real good, Benny. Fire. Come on, baby. That's so hype. So moving forward into three, um, as it, it kind of tails off from two, right? Bearing one another in love. And then in starting three, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Um, I have First Peter 4, 8 as a cross-reference to this one. Uh, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Um, what led me to that is that the first fruit of the spirit is love. And so as you bear one another in love, you're eager to maintain that unity of the spirit and the bond of peace as that covers a multitude of sins, right? The absence of sin in your relationships initiates a closeness. As 1 John um, 1 talks about, right, as we live lives in the light, right, we grow closer to the Lord as we grow closer to each other, as we flee these sins and we pursue righteousness alongside each other. And so you are... Um, you are bearing burdens with one another, maintaining unity in the spirit. As you both walk with the spirit, as your community walks with the spirit, you grow closer to the Lord and closer to each other. Um, and that is that is that overwhelming peace. Tonight, I invited some friends to um, the Baptist Student Union. I go to dinner on there on Tuesday nights. Um, they're kind of one of the ministries that walked alongside me with After Dark last year really faithfully, and so I love them. Um, and my friend turns to me and he goes, hey, dude, like, thank you for inviting me. He's like, it feels so light here. He's like, it feels like there's no pressure and there's no worry. Like, it's just a bunch of, like, joy, like a bunch of happy people that want to know each other. And I was like, that is literally the peace of the spirit being here. That is like, that is actually this person being freed from worldly worry, like, by the Holy Spirit being here. And I think it's incredible. I love it. Um, yeah, I think so. I Go ahead. I think sometimes we we don't recognize when when the fruits of the spirit are at work, right? Like um, we love being at, at camp, we love being um, at HLC, where exactly like uh, th- that kid said, like like it feels light. You know what I mean? It, it, it's um, it's a completely different atmosphere when you like when you get to camp and you're with other believers and and all your whole purpose or your whole reason for being there is to just love one another and love God. And, and the fruits just go to work like crazy. And it really is. It, it's, it's so light and freeing, and it's, it's an amazing feeling. Love that. Come on, Danny. Yeah, I agree. Bennett, just going right off what you said before hopping back into verse 3, it's just I think we as humans, like people who profess their faith in Jesus Christ, you know, still being – human we try so hard to make our christianity even as like as if it's ours fit this mold of like okay i have to i have to make it look this way and i gotta like even even to the point of like where we're trying like earnestly to walk with humility and gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love like even when we're trying to do that we get in this fixed mindset of like oh it has to look like this it has to be done like this and we miss it we get so caught up in living for what we've idealized the Lord's movement, quote unquote, to look like that we we miss his actual movement. We miss the prompting of the spirit because we're so focused on living that out in our terms. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Ben, I think you're touching on something huge there. I think there's a ton of just gold to what you just said. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, as far as verse three goes, I like just being super straight up. Unity is something I struggle with. Um, I'm definitely like the more like assertive, even to the point like aggressive person. Like I'll I'll call stuff out, and at times it's sinful of me. Um, it's prideful, and I'm 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 not being careful to to speak love with the truth. I'll speak truth and I'll be blunt and, and like rude about it. And that's something that I've been convicted of and I'm trying to grow in. Um, I think, I think it's a gift being, you know, being bold and being assertive. I think it's something I've been gifted in, but I also want to be loving and patient and kind in that. Um, there's never a point where kindness isn't necessary. There's no, that, 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 that situation doesn't arise. Um, there's no need for it. But yeah, as far as unity goes, um, I, I went straight to Matthew 5, 9. Uh, we just had a, a leadership meeting over conflict and unity at, for Salt Company leaders at Hill City, my home church in Springfield. And this verse was referenced a lot. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. This is Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Um. So this is Jesus here highly praising those who make peace, right? And, and then the guy who's Rob, who was leading the message, he's like, listen, this, this Sermon on the Mount, this, this, this message that Jesus is giving, he's not saying blessed are the peace fakers or blessed are the peace breakers. Blessed are the peace makers with an M, makers, hmm. right? And, and, and that's, that's very specific. And so making peace is not avoiding speaking love and truth. Because at that point, you're, you're just like you're avoiding sin. You're not doing your job as a brother and sister or sister in Christ. But it's also not being condemning and judgmental. It's grace and truth, truth mm-hmm. and love that goes hand in hand. And so... I looked at, at verse three and I was like, well, what does verse three say? And what does it not say? Um, so verse three, it's, it's telling us to be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. It is not saying that we should be unified with sin or with the world, right? It's not saying we must compromise on our standards, on our morals, on our convictions to keep unity with the world. We are to keep unity of the spirit, right? We are to keep unity in the big C church, right? Which this doesn't look like just getting rid of one's denomination, but this is unity in believers through the spirit of, Hey, the spirit that's in you is the spirit that is in me. Now that spirit can testify to each other. That spirit, that spirit should testify to those around us, but that doesn't mean just like, okay, like we all need to be like one, because the the way David Giesick, Giesick, I don't know how to say his name. I think you got it. Put it on an enduring word was that when when the church becomes one gigantic unified body, that becomes a breeding ground for oppression and abuse. Um, and it's just, it's not a good thing. Um, they're like diversity to an extent is a good thing. Hmm. Yeah. And also this is, this isn't a call for passive passivity. Um, this is a call for, for seeking unity and loving others well in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, this is something just to be super honest, but that was my big takeaway on verse three. Let's go. Um, so four kind of could be boxed with it. Um, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. So we're, we're kind of thrown into this, into this idea of unity. Um, so one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. The only thing I'm going to say, which is perfect because it's kind of what I was going to comment on what you said is that like, if we try to to unify to the worldly sense of the word, the whole church. We are then limiting certain people from using their gifts by the Spirit. We are we are limiting the the abstract, um, fluid nature of the ministry done by the Spirit. Because all of us have our own gifting. All of us, I mean, the Spirit does ministry differently through each person and each testimony, each story and each heart. Um, so for us to try to group it all, to put it on a box is so lame, is so, is selling it so short, mm-hmm. is missing the mark. We are worldifying, as a verb that I like to say, it's not real. Um, we are worldifying <laughs> a completely divine God when we mm-hmm. try to group everything and make it one thing. So as we see, there's one body and one spirit. So that one spirit, there was one whole body, the big Sikh church of Jesus Christ, and one spirit that is the, that is the leader of it in each person. Come on. Um, yeah. So just as you are called to one hope that belongs to your call, understanding that as we bow to the spirit, not bow to one set of practices or one set of like, I don't know, like things that are not biblical that are followed. We don't all need to bow to the exact same thing. We don't all need to pray the same way. We don't all need to do things identical. That is not unity. That is dictatorship. That is taking a heart-based religion and turning it into a set of practices, and that is not what we can do because that is toxic. That is toxic to the grace of Jesus Christ and how it works in each heart. That's all I got. Come on with that. Come on, baby. Hello. Come on, baby. Yeah. Real Unity versus uniformity. Ooh. That's good. Big difference. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Dan. Yeah, I just had one thing to say real quick is like, Going off what you said there, like worship prayer, it looks different. Like when you look at believers in in Africa, their worship and prayer looks so different than mine might. Or when you look at brothers and sisters of different denominations, their worship and prayer looks so much different than mine. That does that make it wrong? No, not necessarily. It makes it unique. It makes it diversified. It makes it more elaborate, more three dimensional. Hmm. That. And it does a better job of encompassing our God. That's what I had to throw in there. Bennett, run with it, man. Yeah, I mean, I think, we, I think we've uh, wrapped it up pretty well. Um, for there's one body and one spirit, just as you have been called, the one glorious hope for the future. Um, yeah, uh, I just just constantly my mind just keeps running unity versus uniformity unity versus uniformity Hmm. and and that's so 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 important because we weren't made to be the same Hmm. everybody's made differently um every and everybody's made wonderfully um come on and so it'd be it'd be a shame it'd be uh disrespect to god's creation of each of us to 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 become all the same because that's not that wasn't um, the intention. So 
that wasn't his intention. So mm. that's kind of where my mind's at with verse four. But Fine. other than that, I think you guys hit the nail on the head there. Dan, do you have anything to add before we go to five? I do. Yeah. Um, I love verse four. Cause it, again, it answers like the question of verse three, right? Verse four tells us, um, it's like, why are we unified? Um, and here's why, because there's one body, there's one big C church, which is made up of all the, the believers, um, the followers of Jesus Christ. There's one spirit that is, as Paul put, that is leading the church that is in every believer. Um, just as you were called to the one hope, Jesus, that belongs to your call. Um, and then it goes into verse five. Yeah. Verse four is just, it's a heater. And what's, what's really cool is verses four through six, as we'll see, reiterates the Trinity. Um, and I just, I just love that because it's, it's subtle, but the father, the spirit and the son are all referenced and it's just, oh, love that. Um, I also had a cross reference with Romans 12, four through eight, which I got to get to real quick. So give me like, I don't know, four seconds. Depending on yes. my speed. I just want to hear your Bible pages turn. I just need that right now. Romans 12. All right, there's Romans 5, 9. We're almost there. Goodness, big Bible. Romans 12, 4 through 8. I'm there. Um, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Hmm. We're all one. Individually, yes, but part of the same body in Jesus Christ. The church is the body of Jesus Christ that is guided by the one spirit. Unity. Mm. Go ahead and read five. I think that goes together well. Absolutely. So verse five, it continues on. Hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Hmm. So this is kind of the culmination of the last three verses about like it is all and it's important that we separate that though it is all one, it is for one purpose, one overarching purpose. It is by one God and one spirit. Um, as it says, one God, a father of all or no, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Right. Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and put six with it if you guys are OK with that. Um, yeah, one God and father of all who is over all through all and in all. Um, so we, it is important that we see, right. Our, our societal issues and our, um, political stances and our things. If we argue about those within the church, we only drive away the non-believers seeking <sighs> unity. We did, we, we drive away the non-believers seeking peace and relationship because they can get those arguments anywhere else. Uh-oh. And so though we believe separate things, maybe though we like slightly differing things that there are some things that are not extremely conclusive biblically that you have to take a stance on. There are some things that it is by your heart and your discernment. I can't tell you 
um, what to what to think or what to choose. Um, if we openly argue about denominations, C.S. Lewis says this in, in Mere Christianity, that our open argument about denominations and the small, insignificant characteristics of those things only drives away non-believers that we seek to do ministry towards or we're told to do ministry towards. Simply, the church needs to look more like a hospital and less like a wedding. And we need, to be, we need to be welcoming in the the hurt for the sake of unity we need to be welcoming in those that are that are tired of conflict that are tired of the world for the sake of unity because what our unity is our unity is a unifying peace and a unifying joy by the holy spirit by one god one father through us one baptism one faith they don't have to ask and answer so many questions anymore it is simply how can i grow closer to jesus today how is the spirit going to grow me today Life becomes like beautifully hectic, but also so simplistic when you walk with Jesus because you have one person to please. You have an audience of one. You have one heart that you are seeking to make smile. And in the process, you help a lot of people experience that same heart and that same love by just putting yourself aside and answering that one question. And so we're told all this, this oneness this, this one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, all these things, to say it's not that difficult. Like, follow me, I'm worth it. It is simple for you to step into this. It is simple. You don't have to memorize all of these things. You don't have to, um, to pass a certain, you know, background check to be a part of our belief system. Jesus says, come as you are. I invite you to be, but welcome you to become. Like, Ooh. let us step into that, please. That's all I got. Wow. Actually, yeah. I lied. <laughs> um, I did want to say something since we combined verse six, um, Christ being overall in all through all Colossians one, 16 and 17. Um, by him, by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, right? It says, um, at the end of actually, let me flip there. That's just what I, I don't remember exactly how it's worded. Um, Colossians 1, 16, 17, uh, by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He is the answer to those questions. As he tells us in Luke 20, his image and inscription are on us as Caesar's is on the denarius. So they pay taxes to Caesar because his image and inscription is on it. And so whose image and inscription is on us in the unity of the church, in the spirit within us? That is Christ calling us to oneness, calling us to wholeness calling us to community and to joy and to peace. Yeah. Uh, before my brain uh, just wipes the the dry erase board that's in there completely clean. Uh, you said at the end of that verse, you said um, he who holds th- all things together or mm-hmm. through him, all things are held together. Something like that. I don't know. My memory's bad because I used to play football, but uh-huh. Uh, w- the picture that that paints in my head and the picture that's been been in my mind for the last five to ten minutes 
um, kind of going along with that unity versus uniformity, that um, hospital instead of a wedding vibe, um, it, it, holding things together, um, unity, bringing people together. In my mind, it says um, holding hands, being together, being um, around one another, um, arms around each other. Um, and the opposite of that, when I think un- uniformity or, or, um, or the misconception that comes with unity, where we think that everybody has to be the same and everybody has to um, believe exactly the same, that the, the, the small stuff, the minute stuff, it doesn't matter that's not him. Um, it, it, in my mind, it's not hand-holding, it's uh, just a left arm. Everybody's got their left arm out. You can't hold anybody's hand. You can't be in unity with anybody if everybody's just holding their left hand out. There's no hand over there. There's no, there's no unity. Hmm. And so I, I was doodling for the last like four minutes, just trying to make sure that I didn't forget that image of like, I just drew four hands by themselves. And then on the other side of it are clasped hands for that, that unity standing together in him. Um, through which all things are held together. Mm. Yeah, that's fire. Come on, baby. Yo, I actually just just shook for a second. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Dude's got the quakes. (laughs) Oh, I'm just, yeah, I have some stuff. I'm just kind of sitting on what everything you guys just said. Um, Jeez, like that's fire! Come on, like actual, actual. What if it like? Yeah. What if we didn't see it as hand holding and we saw it as like heart holding? You know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. If hearts had hands, like what if we? What if it's like? <laughs> let me as this living sacrifice we're called to be in um, Romans twelve one. Like, what if that is just me putting? my heart on the altar and all that it has and all of my emotions and my pride and my questions and my everything and being like, it is yours. I sacrifice this to you because you desire to unify and you desire to, to bring all these things, like all this fruit that you, that you promise. And that is your character. I just couldn't like get the heart holding image out of my mind. And I just like, yeah, I just want to like give that to him and it's the hardest thing. Our pride tells us to hold on to it, to keep it close. When Jesus tells us often, consistently, that those who seek to keep your life will lose it. Those who lose your life for my sake will gain it. Mm. That's heat. Yeah, I like what you're going with there, Paul. It's because like when when we're putting ourselves on on the pedestal, right? When we're putting ourselves on the throne that Jesus belongs on, there's, there's no unity there because we've put ourselves so far above everyone else that there's there's no reaching, all right? And we're, there's no hand-holding. There's no, you know, heart-holding if that's the image we want to go with. Mm. Um, yeah, we're just lost. So, yeah, I think it's heat. I got to be honest, though. When you're talking about, like, heart-holding, I got major, like, Indiana Jones 2 vibes. Yo, facts. Yes, facts, bro. Facts, facts, Temple of Doom in the like, scene with the, yeah, with the chicken. Yeah. Dude's like, yeah. Kali Ma. Shut, yeah, up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to take us out of the depths there. <laughs> That's right where oh, my mind is. It's all right, it's all right, it's all right. Hey, we're going we're gonna to plunge, plunge back in. I'm calling Come it. On. Um, 
Yeah, I, I lumped verses 5 and 6 together as well. Uh, yeah, what stuck out to me was one baptism. I thought that was really interesting. Um, baptism by the Spirit. I, come on. Don't, dude, you're stealing my thunder, though. Sorry, go ahead. It's all good. Nah, it's not mine. Praise God. Um, one baptism. Yeah, gosh dang it. That's the first thing I had. That's like, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit that Aha. takes place at, sal- at salvation. Um, I will argue this point, and this is a hill I'd probably die on. Baptism, like baptism of the Spirit, as some people like to use the term, takes place at salvation. It is not a mm-hmm. separate event when one starts speaking in tongues or you know, shows signs of different spiritual gifts. Those come, yes, from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, yes, but that takes place at salvation. It's not a separate event, and that's not something you have to be doing, speaking in tongues or showing, you know, other, you know, charismatic spiritual gifts in order to be saved. Let me say that super clearly. You do not have to be speaking in tongues or showing charismatic gifts of the Spirit in order to be saved. That is a lie. Facts. That is a non-unifying thing. Um, yeah. And so like I, that it is my conviction and belief from what I've read in the Bible and studied that that is not the truth. That is not the big T truth. Um, hmm. But yeah, so my mind went to water baptism at first, um, which there's, there's a lot of debate on like, should you baptize children? You know, that's a conversation for another time. I'm not trying to get into that right now, but Water baptism kind of comes out of this idea. Like we see water baptism in the gospels, right? Jesus gets baptized by John and that's kind of where we get the idea from. But water baptism is, is not like salvation. Like you're not saved because you're baptized. Um, there's like, I guarantee you, there's a lot of people who have been baptized that we will not see in heaven. And I think that's a very sad reality. Um, but water baptism is a is a public is a public declaration of one's repentance, death, and new life in Christ. It's just a public declaration of one's faith, saying that like I am dying to myself in my old sin. I am alive now in Christ. Hmm. Um, t- it's like a public display of like dying the death with Jesus and being reborn in Christ. Um, but even still, this also is the same theme of unity playing out again, because in the time there was this debate over Jews and Gentiles, as we've seen in, like basically in every chapter, every episode um, through Ephesians, is that there's this question over like Jews and Gentiles, are there, is there like a separate baptism? Like, what does that look like? Um, because there's like this sort of racism that's going on. I'm just like, ah, Gentiles aren't like God's original chosen people. Are they less than? Like, do they need to be circumcised? Like, we see Peter and Paul kind of butt heads over that when Peter's starting to not hang out with the Gentiles when the Jews are around. Um, and so that's that's kind of what Paul's speaking to here as well. It's like there's one baptism. There's one. And Paul, you got to chill, bro. And <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. Um, but the thing is, like, it's unity. There's one. The corporate body of Christ, Big C, the Big C Church. There's one baptism, right? For Jews, Gentiles, for the lost and now found, for the saved, there's one baptism in Jesus Christ. The Spirit comes upon them. The same Spirit that is in Paul, that is in Bennett, that is in whomever else is listening that Christ has saved. It's the same Spirit. It's the same one. And I'll take this a whole lot further. 
the same spirit that was in Paul, the same spirit that was in Jesus. Gosh, you name it. And Jesus, Peter, um, the same spirit throughout all of the saints is that was in them is in you and me. Hmm. Same one. And let me, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep chasing it. That that implies that they are not more capable than you. Hmm. Let me say that again. They are not more capable than you. Because the great works that came out of Paul, that came out of Peter, that came out came out of like Saint Ignatius. Ignat, how do you say that? Ignatius. Ignatius. That guy. Um, hmm. That came out of all these saints, right? These people of the faith. It's the same spirit in me, right? It's the good work of the spirit in them that is leading to the growing, the building, the furthering of the kingdom, right? They're just men and women and sisters and brothers. There's brothers and sisters of the faith. They're not better or worse than me or you. They just have the same spirit and they're answering the call. Hmm. What would it look like if we answered that call? Hmm. And so there's a question that comes to that. What are you being called towards? What does obedience look like for you today? I challenge anyone who's listening to just wake up and ask yourself that question. Ask the Lord that question. Like, God, what, what does obedience look like today? What are you calling me to? How, how will that change your life? Because I, I almost guarantee it will. But... Gosh, that that was five and six and a whole lot of other stuff. But you know, read praise seven. God. You're incredible. Read seven. You. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. Oh, I have a thought. I have one more thing about the in all. Uh, who's overall through all in all? Gosh, this is just talking about God's eminence. He's close. He's close. God is not far away. He's not distant from you. He's inside of you. The Holy Spirit is dwelling mm. inside of you. I've talked about this so many times in other episodes. The holy temple of the Lord. Right, the place where the cloud would descend upon the holy, not the holy, the high priest would go inside the holy of holies beyond the veil Mm -hmm. to be with God. That temple is now you. Mm. You are the temple. God is with you. The cloud has descended upon you. The veil has been torn. Jesus is now our high priest for all time. Please read Hebrews. Gosh, God's with you, in you, over you, through you. Just like he is overall, in all, and through all. God is with you. Gosh, I, if I could just scream it from the mountaintops. Mm. God is with you. You are not alone. For the person who's listening right now who's just feeling the lie of loneliness, you're not alone. Brother or sister, you are not alone. Oh, mm. <laughs> That's so good. I, I, just, I, just want y'all to, I just want y'all to know that. Um, verse seven, verse seven, gosh, hmm. I'm just, I'm, uh, I just got, this is crazy. Like the spirit's just, <laughs> just screaming right now. This Come is on. wild. Praise verse seven, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Paul run with it, bro. <sighs> I don't You just gave me a verse and an open mic talking about the grace of Jesus Christ. The grace that is the grace that approves us as stewards 
of his message, the grace that that redefines us, that tells us we don't have to be who we were before. We don't have to be held by held down by what we lived in. We don't have to be who our parents were or who our friends are. We don't have to be what we were. This is the grace that called us to newness. This is the grace that as so Matthew 3:11, John says, "I baptize you with the water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Spirit. He will make you new by his grace that you can be approved to walk alongside the Lord, to live alongside the Lord, to be raised in glory." To live a life every single day fulfilled and no longer held down by others' expectations, by others' frustrations. This, this is the grace that leaves chains on the ground. This is the grace that allows us to do everything in a fulfilling manner. This is the grace that allows us to have joy. This is the grace that, that pulls us from doubt. That pulls or that frees us from doubt, that frees us from loneliness, that frees us from frustration, that frees us from sexual sin, that frees us from our body count defining us, that frees us from, yeah. from whatever. This is the grace that has called us new. This is the grace that has called us worthy. This is the grace that lived a perfect life, died a perfect death, and was raised yeah. against that we couldn't do it. It's big. And it is, as Revelations 3 would say, knocking. Come on. It is asking for your acceptance. Jesus continues over and over again in this word. He cries, I am worthy and this is why. Please choose me. That's all I got. That's all you got. Jeez, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Bennett, man, you want to run with it? Yeah. Um, I mean, not much else to say, honestly. Um, everything that the Spirit and the Lord have been putting on my heart, um, that's about it. Um, a special gift. Like like the best Christmas gift you've ever received, like that one gift that you were, you were just hoping for with everything that you had. You didn't think you were going to get it, and then boom, it happened on Christmas Day. You're like, let's go. Like that gift. But times infinity that's how cool it is because mm. it, it's it's unlike anything that we've ever gotten before in our lives and it's unlike anything else that we'll ever get in our lives um it, it is our lives uh, mm. um grace yeah mm. dan i want you to round us mm. off and then pray for us Oh, thank you. Um, I'm just, I just, I just feel like I got to reread the verse. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. I'm just, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. Um, just how do you like? How do you measure the gift? of Christ, right? His, his atonement for our sin. It's a gift. Like Romans 6, 23 uses the same language and like shocker. It's written by the same person. Um, it's just like, 
how, like, what do you use to measure the gift? And like, like I'll tell you straight up, it's eternity. The gift is eternal, right? There's, there's no longer death. There's now there's resurrection. And like, yes, I mean that like at the end of our, our earthly life. Yeah. But there's also resurrection from the death you've been living in. Ooh, that's loud. Come on. <laughs> like the death that you've been walking in since, you know, early childhood, like there's resurrection from that. There's life after that, right? This is the gospel. This is the death on the cross of that sin, which Jesus took on for you. And this is the life afterwards that screams of the resurrection of Jesus Christ coming out of the grave three days later. Man, goodness. Like, what else is there to say? It's like, it's a gift freely given. You cannot earn it. Right. And and I, I love the analogy Bennett's saying, because it, it's, it's similar to this feeling of just like, the best thing you're hoping for on Christmas, but like even then, like that earthly thing is, is perishable. It's gonna it's gonna go away. You're not taking it to heaven with you. It's it's gonna it's gonna stay on earth, it's gonna rust and it's gonna rot after you're dead. The salvation of Jesus Christ is eternal. It's not gonna rust, it's not gonna rot. Store your treasures up in heaven where rust and moths do not decay. And like, and that, that's, that's it. It's, it's this hope. It's this eternal hope. And it's the safest hope you're ever going to have because it will not let you down. This is the firmest of foundations. Whatever you're building your life upon, that is, that's movable, that's sinking, that's job, that's, that's a job, that's success, that's money, that's, you know, providing for a family. That is just your, your, your personal happiness. All of these things it's 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 fleeting it's it's gonna let you down because what happens when you don't get the promotion when you don't you know sign the six-figure deal to make you know tons of money for the rest of your life what happens when you you let your family down what happens when you know tragedy happens in life that's unavoidable and you're not happy what then what what like what's the foundation of your life what's holding you up because if it's if it's not christ it's 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 flimsy. It's going to break. It's it's like, oh, whatever, like whatever other than Christ that you're trying to support your life with, it wasn't made to carry that weight and it's going to crumble. Hmm. I mean, where's your gosh, hope? where's your hope? Yeah. What is, it is, are, are, is your hope in the living hope or is it in something that's dead? Because I mean that's that's pretty much the biggest thing that people have to say about other other religions, is my God's living. Is yours? Because it's like if we're just gonna be super like super for real, like Muhammad died, like the Prophet Muhammad in Islam died, Buddha died. Um, I mean throw in the other religion, like they're de- they died, they're dead. Uh, Jesus is alive. And active. And yeah, living and active. The word of the Lord is living and active. And like, don't just take it from me. Take it to the hundreds of people that he appeared to after his death. Like, check it out in Acts. Um, I mean, take it from the guy who was killing Christians and then just miraculously, quote unquote, became one. Um, 
that because that because that makes sense and that happens without divine intervention. Uh, yeah, here's here's last last thing I'll say before I pray and we'll get out of here. We've been talking for a while. Um, with all of this, what I what I would get from these verses: seek unity in the spirit with your brothers and sisters of the faith. This is not unity with the world or with sin. Speak up boldly about your convictions. Seek unity with the spirit, with the body of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, because we're all unified by the same spirit. There's one baptism. There's one spirit. There's one father. There's one Lord. Our God is triune. He's three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are all serving the same God. So let's unify in that. Let's not be uniform in that. Like Bennett was saying, that's a that's a big chunk of gold right there. Let's not be uniform in our worship. Let's let's live out. Let's walk in our individual gifts that's been given to us for a reason that will play into the Great Commission for us to make disciples and take the gospel to nations. But let's be unified in our pursuit of the Lord and our bringing about of the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. I'm going to pray. King Jesus, I want to thank you tonight for just, just speaking through Paul Bennett and I. Uh, none of, very few of these words were planned. Lord, and just so immac- just immaculately, I think it's a word. Um, you've just just, in, just woven this web of this beautiful portrayal of your gospel, of what you've done for us. Lord, you, you invite us into the kingdom. You invite us to take, take part in what you're doing here on earth. As if, as if we, could, we could do something or bring you something that would earn us a spot, God. But you invite us to be a partner in bringing about your work. Your, your plan here on earth. God, and I pray that everyone that would listen, that is listening, everyone that's been a part of this, me, Bennett, and Paul, would say yes to that calling. Help us to walk unified in body with our brothers and sisters in Christ, but not uniform. Help us to live, live up to the calling, to be worthy of the upward calling you've put on our lives. Lord, I just pray for those who struggling with loneliness. Lord, and I pray that you would just reveal the lie that is. God, I pray that you would just show yourself to that brother or sister who's who's dealing with that. Help them help them find community, but show them the God that is living inside of them. And if and if you're not, if you are not dwelling in their heart, I pray that you would soften their heart, Lord. I pray that they would be on their knees before you with heart change, inviting you in to their heart to be king of their life. God, I pray that you would bring them from death to life. Lord, I ask that we would continue to walk faithfully with you. We need you. We trust you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hit that button.
gaze fixed on you. We keep our gaze fixed on you. 